present, the better. Accordingly, Lord Rosebery, as Prime Minister, and I waited upon the Queen at Osborne House, Isle of Wight, yesterday evening. Colonel Moran's case may now be regarded as closed. However, in the interest of military intelligence, Council deemed it advisable that you should have sight of this narrative before it is filed for indefinite retention among the confidential state papers. I need hardly add that you have not been authorized to communicate the contents of this document to any other person. My courier, Sergeant Albert Gibbons of the Royal Marines Dispatch Corps, will attend you while you read it, and will convey the paper to me again when you have done so. I have the honor to remain, sir, your obedient servant, William Mycroft Holmes, PCKBE. State Papers Criminal Records Moran, 1879-3 Document not to be removed from the file The Narrative of Colonel Rawdon Moran February, 1879 A brown Minolus hawk rode high and alone above the silence of the arid plain. Its wings drooped in an easy curve against a green flush of African dawn. Below it, the broad lowland marked by a dry river Donga lay in shadow, while the early sky gathered reflected light. In the growing day, not a breath of dust stirred the wild grass and mimosa thorn. The bird shifted a little, an alignment of patient grace, as the dismounted horseman watched and listened. The scene was everything that this hunter had expected. That morning, for the first time, a distant accompaniment to the wakening day rose from a ravine of the eastern hills. The sound drifted across the tall, parched grass where the rider lay concealed. Its continuous humming was subdued but undulating, like a swarm of countless bees. Carried higher in the warmer air, it began to take on a human resonance, the prayer of warriors intoned before battle. At that moment, a yellow disk of sun began to break on the high ridges of the eastern plateau and the Malagata range. Seeking warmth, the brown hawk broke away and soared into the clearing sky. It had seen what the hunter in the grass could not. He lay and watched a little longer while new light from the eastern ridge splintered the shadows across a massive rock face in the west, working down the slope. The few European travellers who had seen the summit of this pale rock rearing like a carved head from the neck of its col had compared it to a silhouette of the Sphinx. But the warriors of Quechuayo knew nothing of Sphinxes. It had been named for them by men whose trade was the slaughter of herds. Cowbelly, Isandrana. The sun had now risen clear of the eastern hills. Its cool light travelled quickly down the western slope of the col until the wide plain came into full view. At the foot of Isandrana, protected at the rear by the great rock itself, stretched the silent camp of an invading army. Lines of neat white bell tents ran as trimly as the streets of a new-built town. Behind them, where the rocky ground sloped up to the col, row upon row of ox-drawn supply wagons held food and drink for two thousand men.
They also carried enough ammunition to kill every man and woman between the Buffalo River and the Cape. To the left of this camp, four Royal Artillery bombardiers in dark tunics and caps kept watch over a battery of seven-pounder field guns. Half a mile before them, in the open terrain of grass and thorn, the approach from the northern plateau was guarded by mounted vedettes of the Natal volunteers in their black tunics and by red-coated pickets of Her Majesty's 24th Regiment of Foot from the Valleys of Wales. The camp began to stir as the first white smoke rose from its field kitchens. Through his lenses, the hunter in the grass watched the first bearded infantrymen of the volunteers forming a queue with their mess tins for pressed beef, hardtack, and tea. As the sun's warmth began to penetrate the cold air of the plain, a long mounted column was forming up by the main body of the tents. Sound carries far at such an hour and in such stillness. The shifting and snorting of horses, the clink of bridles, drifted through the clear air towards the eastern slopes. Walk march! The call rang out, repeated down the length of the column. In perfect order, this mounted patrol moved out across the brown pasture withered by sun and wind, towards the Malagata foothills. At the scarlet column's head rode several men whose white helmets bore the gilt insignia of the British general staff.